No greater a mystery has ever been presented to confuse and elude the minds of scientists all over the world other than the problem of, is your avocado ripe? My name is Louis Colorotolo, and I am a graduate student at the University of Guelph in the food science department trying my absolute best to get a PhD, and boy do I feel like a mushy avocado. When I should be finishing my degree, and obviously I'm not, I like to talk with other graduate students about what they're doing and why any of that matters. So this week, I set out to find one of the biggest questions that could possibly be asked. Should I eat that avocado today, or... So to answer that question, I talked with Angie Omez, who may as well, for the purpose of this conversation, be the queen of avocados. Now, as much as we might like to think that avocado picking is just an inherent nature born into us or not, Angie applies a little bit of math to figure out how to know when an avocado is ripe. But honestly, it's better to hear it from the avocado queen's mouth herself. We were able to, through this equation, uh, make the model estimate the day on which the avocado was within their shelf life. So, for example, day five, close to be rotten, close to unripe. You know, it sounds a lot better when she says it, so let's just cut to the conversation. But while you're listening, keep in mind one thing. We're graduate students, and we don't know everything. And that's why you're listening to an episode of We Know Some Stuff. Hi, Angie. How are you doing today? I'm really good. Thank you. We are here to talk about avocados. Why not? Why not? I can, why not? I can think of like five reasons. <laughs> Tell me. Okay. Tell me why. Why not talk about avocados? Um, because without salt, they kind of taste like poison to me. Okay, you're not picking the right avocado then. They just taste like soap without right. salt. With salt, they're delicious. They're amazing. I don't think so. You, I think... You like you just raw dog avocados. You just peel it open and... No, I, I do prefer them with salt. But if you're feeling that taste is a little weird... Maybe related to... Just bad avocados? Manipulation practices. Oh, wow. Okay, well, we just jumped right into it. (laughs) Let's back up a little bit. Today, we're talking about avocados. If this was 2000, let's say 14, you would be at the height of pop culture. The avocado toast, the 2014 favorite. Um, But are are avocados still really cool? They are. I didn't pick the avocados because they are the millennial sensation (laughs) and because most of people are willing to pay $14 for an avocado toast. But because of the relevance that they have for my country and other countries such as Mexico. Where are you from, Angie? I'm from Colombia. And avocados, they're a staple there? They are a staple. I need to say that the avocado has, the one that you usually have over here, is not the one that we usually prefer. We prefer one that is more watery taste than the has. You can understand how that might not sound appetizing. Like, oh, it's more watery. It's more refreshing. Oh, it's refreshing. Oh, like... So, it's... On a hot summer day, you want to just sit down and open up a watery avocado? <laughs> I know that certain people might have some predisposition to choose the has avocado that has like a higher buttery sensation in your mouth. I come from a tropical country where has avocado is mainly dedicated for sporting. So people prefer the other variety. Okay. And what what is the name of this more watery avocado variety? We have Lane. So I'm just going to bombard you with 
with a bunch of names in Just Spanish. Go at, go at it in Spanish <laughs> and we'll figure it out later. Yeah, so one is Lorena. Lorena is a name. Oh, of I think a I know her. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know her? I do. Yeah, yeah, she's quite yummy. So we have Lorena, Papelillo. I'm not an expert, but there are a bunch of varieties in Colombia that you can pick. You got me excited. You said you were going to just like rattle <laughs> them off and you just gave me two. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm maybe a little like disappointed. Fright the stage right now. Maybe. <laughs> stage fright? Yeah. A little bit. All right. Well, we, we won't put that uh, entirely on you. So we can we can back off of the many varieties of avocado. Mm-hmm. You personally like avocados. Yeah, I love them. You come from Colombia where avocados are a big deal. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, you still need to study avocados because yeah. we, we know how to make guacamole. Do you? I, eh. Uh. I mean, <laughs> now, fun fact, everyone, Angie puts hard-boiled eggs into her avocado. No, uh, into, into your guacamole. guacamole. That's, that is the Colombian way of doing it. It's like foul to me. It, it adds texture. Thinking a mayonnaise kind of texture. But like the egg white is not mayonnaise texture. That's like rubbery when you hard-boil it. But you're not putting like the whole boiled egg like into the guacamole. Do you mash it up first? Yeah, 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 you you yeah, yeah. like make a paste mm-hmm, out of mm-hmm, it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ew. All right. So uh, we we know how to make guacamole, but uh, what in general are you studying about these avocados? So I already conduct the investigation. So the first thing, has avocados don't ripe in the tree? That seems weird. Yeah. So most of, maybe I'm going to get too specific, but climatory fruits, those are the ones that ripe after harvest. Usually they can ripe in the tree. With avocado, that doesn't happen. Do you have any other examples other than avocado of a type of fruit or vegetable that does this? Like what about a fruit like um, bananas? I know that they pick the bananas green and then they get yellow over time. Yeah, so... That is what a climateric fruit is. Mm-hmm. So they can ripe even if you harvest them while being green. Let's call it. What happened with avocados? They can remain. Uh, they can remain up to twelve months in the tree, completely green. And like hard, I'm assuming. Yeah, hard. So what happened is that the tree puts a lot of compounds, like a lot of components that inhibit that ripening. So you need to actually deattach the avocado from the tree for it to get ripe. So you're not going to go to an avocado tree on your way to school and pick a fresh avocado for lunch. <laughs> not happening. So I have one friend that she pick a green avocado and you put it in just like heat it up in a microwave and ate it and say that it was delicious. So if you have a microwave near you, why not? <laughs> the modern technologies. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I actually had a friend who says that, like, you just microwave unripe avocados. And I thought that, like, uh, the patron saint of Mexico was going to come down and strike that person. But if we now have two people on this planet that say that, I guess it has to be true. I don't know if people are coming after me because of this, but they did it. The avocado got softer. Softer, not ripe. Softer, not ripe. Not ripe. It didn't didn't taste like a ripe avocado. It just tastes like a potato. In general, though, it's interesting because, like, ripening is not just softness. Ripening is a lot of different things. You have a change in flavor, uh, change in color. I'm I'm really just thinking about bananas, honestly. (laughs) But like big changes in flavor, like a, a less ripe banana has less deep but ban- banana flavor. <laughs> I don't know what else to call it. 
So what happened in the case of the banana, for example, uh, there is a conversion from a starch that is like complex carbohydrates into simple carbohydrates. So when you eat an unripe banana for your tongue, for your mouth and brain, it's more difficult to catch those flavors because they are more complex than when they are ripe. It's like when people teach you easily things. It's not like this hard war scientific Okay, jargon. so <laughs> so almost as if like uh, you know you're you're eating let's say a tablespoon of flour versus a tablespoon of pure sugar. Exactly. You're gonna taste the sugar in the mm -hmm. sugar form because the flour it's still in this big old starch molecule. Gross. Also, sugar is like super purified, but yeah, let's yeah, say yeah, that yeah. the baseline of the rationale behind is it's similar we're we're big fans of baseline rationales <laughs> over here on we know some stuff incorporated um, <laughs> all right all right so i i keep going into bananas yeah and i i i don't necessarily mean to but maybe it's because i'm prejudiced against avocados <laughs> i like them i think it's also because to be honest avocados are quite new for North America, excluding Mexico and the south of USA, because they yeah. Are, yeah, I understand. I understand. I'm saying like this part of North America, Canada, they don't produce avocados because it's a subtropical and tropical fruit. I'll tell you what, for sure. I, uh, I didn't have an avocado until I might even be willing to say like high school. I don't think I have an avocado before that. It was probably at a restaurant. Like I didn't buy an avocado probably until I was like maybe 22 years old. For me, as a Colombian, it was quite different. I have noticed over here in Canada that picking the right avocado is quite of a unknown thing. And for example, in the variety that I study, has is even more difficult because the has has a thick peel. So you cannot actually correlate what is happening in the peel with the pulp, which, for example, you can do easily with an apple, that the peel is so thin that you could actually see some certain level of damage that is happening in the pulp. But avocados are generally a mystery. I mean, this could be potentially the meat of the episode. This could be what gets me to one million people subscribing to this podcast, is you could potentially give some tips on picking a good avocado. Yeah, I did my master research, so I could give you some tips. Definitely. So what I do with my avocados, first, I check that they don't have any kind of weird stuff. So we call it lenticels. So lenticels are like the pore of the skin, but exaggerated. So when you have a wound, you could see your pores healing in certain way. With the avocado, the has avocado peel, you will see like some spots that are brown, some circles that you will feel are like the pores of the skin of the avocado. Is it, that like like the texture of the avocado itself? Because it, I, I don't know, when I look at them, they kind of remind me of like a little grenade. Yeah. Like they look like they have that texture. But this is not that texture. This no, is a different thing. This is a different thing. Okay. So the Aztecs used to call avocado the testicle fruit because the... It... The yeah, it Yeah. It, it's... It's similar. It's got... It characteristics. Has, yeah. Okay. Exactly. It's like a mountainy 
chain that forms like this peel of the avocado. That is a much <laughs> nicer and PG way to explain it. Mountainy chain. I was just thinking wrinkly. <laughs> yeah, so it has like this mountainy shape. Those are normal. But when you see that this mountainy shape gets interrupted for something brown and like of a different shape, that can be related to, for example, mechanical damage. Mechanical damage. Can you, what, what, what is mechanical damage? So a mechanical damage in post-harvest is like, for example, a bruise when you hit the fruit, when the fruit, for example, gets caught and it needs to heal. So these are kind of stresses that the fruit goes through and needs to, in a certain way, heal and affects their quality. Like when a human gets a bruise. Exactly. So like if I, if you were, let's just say, because I'm, I'm not going to be the one who does it. If you were to punch me in the eye right now. We can try it. We can try it. We can try we it. We can try it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I were to develop a bruise, that means that I had some mechanical damage. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Okay. So brown spots, mechanical damage, that's a no-no. No-no. So another thing, and this is why I, me, along with the, a bunch of researchers of the Universidad del Tolima in Colombia, is because it's quite difficult to see what is happening in the interior of the Haas avocado in the pulp. So one thing that I do, I don't know if companies selling fruit are going to agree with my practice, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I remove the pedicel like the piece of the stem remaining on the avocado. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah. I think I've seen that too before. Like Except, you just kind of wedge it out a little exactly. bit. Exactly. I just remove it. And you can have like a sneak peek of what is happening in the pulp. So if it's, for example, brown, you can notice that the pulp is already like going through some kind of deteriorative process. So for me, it can be like yellowish green kind of color and exactly in avocados because of the transport of nutrients from the tree to the fruit that is like a gradient so usually the deterioration starts in that place near the stem so if you just take away that stem and take a look of the pulp if the pulp looks nice there is a high likelihood that is going to be in a good shape when it drives okay that is malicious in some ways do you go into grocery stores how many how many do you pull off before you find a good one when you go to a grocery store Uh, as many as i can to be honest (laughs) and and i i go against the covid restrictions for for example i smell my fruits like tropical fruits to know if they're like in the correct ripe state and i also pick up my avocados whenever i can but I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But this little uh, pull out the stem trick, that only works one time. Mm-hmm. Next person that goes to do that, they're going to not be able to use that same method. You can't just pop it back in like a corked wine. You can do it. <laughs> Why not? But will it like will you still be able to judge whether it's ripe or not if you pop that stem off again? Yes. Oh, OK. So yes. it's it's uh, almost renewable, if you will. Yes, let's say that. Okay, we'll say that. (laughs) Pop off the little stemmy thing. Mm -hmm. Watch out for the bruises. Yeah. Anything else? Yeah, so if you want to know if your has avocado is ready to eat, the technique that we use is that we squeeze it. So if you can feel a deformation, not so easy. So like if you can like push it in. If you squeeze an avocado and you feel that 
something inside move a little bit is because the pulp is already soft enough to be consumed. If you feel that there is like an air gap, you know, like a bubble inside when you press, mm -hmm. that is probably deterioration because of microorganisms. Oh my goodness. So it's not just like yucky brown. We have other things in this. Yeah, definitely. Oh definitely. My God, you're making it complicated, Angie. <laughs> Let's say that it, if you just feel like there is like a hole inside, mm -hmm. it's probably already rotten okay all right and i've I, like now that you say it out loud i definitely know what you're talking about mm -hmm. like i felt it and it's like a little air gap before yeah. you touch the fruit part almost as if you have to press just a little bit harder exactly. to get to the actual pulp so that's like a that's a hard no yeah that is a hard that's one, a yeah. that's a you put mm -hmm. it down you don't even need to pull off the stem at that point mm -hmm. exactly done mm -hmm. blah Okay, yeah. anything else? I think that is like a short introduction. Oh, a short it. introduction. <laughs> yeah. All right, tune in for the next episode where we <laughs> only talk about how to pick a good avocado. All right, we've spent a lot of time talking about just the wonders of avocados. Mm -hmm. But uh, once again, you're, wow, we have to circle back like something along the lines of like 13 minutes on this one. I got sidetracked. I get sidetracked. <laughs> so you said the issue with avocados is that they go bad fast. Yeah, they have a short shelf life. They go bad really fast. So and we, we don't want that, I think, for obvious reasons. Yeah, so there is a lot of food waste going on. In Colombia, we don't want food waste. So they have a short shelf life. Besides of that, as it's quite difficult to assess only looking at them or interacting with them, their quality, that's why myself and a group of researchers from Colombia, we decided to use non-destructive techniques to try to assess how bad, how ripe is an avocado. If I'm to get this right, you are discovering techniques or you're, you're trying to use new techniques to find out if the avocado is ripe to prevent people like yourself from going into grocery stores and removing the stems. Exactly. So our society is constantly changing and we have seen a big step the use of technology in different sectors of our economy so the food science sector is also adopting these kind of technologies and precisely uh, myself with the group of researchers of colombia we work with hyperspectral images uh, blah, blah, blah. yeah i know so it's like a camera that gives you an image but besides of giving you the image it gives you more information about the composition of the avocado so having that information we try to correlate it with quality parameters that we analyze for example the appearance of the avocado firmness the texture color to try to find correlations that can help us estimate the quality of the avocado without opening it. Okay, so you're trying to use your fancy camera thingy mm -hmm. and you're getting all of these pictures. One, one picture, two pictures, three? So we got three pictures per avocado. We rotate. We took a picture and rotated like a 120 degrees to get the the whole avocado covers the okay. whole area of the avocado. All right. So it, and avocados are not even like, you know, perfectly round. Mm -hmm. There's all shapes mm -hmm. and whatnot. Uh, okay. So you, you take these pictures and then you compare them to more traditional ways to determine if it's ripe. Exactly. And these traditional ways are, in in sense, very similar to the things you do in the grocery store. Exactly. You look at the color. Exactly. You poke it. That squeeze it. Squeeze it. Squeeze. <laughs> Let's not, call it a squeeze. It. That's more scientific. Uh, you squeeze it. Mm -hmm. um, and and do you smell it? Is there an aroma kind of situation that you do? 
Avocados doesn't have a lot of aroma. Mm, okay. E- even when they ripe. All right. So. All right. Fair enough. Okay. So you you squeeze it and you look at the color and things like that. But you're trying to be able to do this without opening the avocado mm-hmm. from this magical picture camera machine. So it's not only with the camera. We use deep learning techniques. Deep learning, learning techniques. techniques. Yes. We try to develop models that can help us find those correlations. So we address the correlations using equations. Math. You just make food so much more fun when you add math to it, right? Obviously. Obviously. And with these equations, we try to predict what is happening inside the avocado. So, yes, is the camera, the hyperspectral camera that we already mentioned, plus the equation that could give us in a future a technique is smart enough to select avocados or if the industry and society is willing to invest on that like uh, even consumers not only from for the industry but also for consumers okay so you said deep learning and and you didn't say the one word that everyone says for basically everything right now and i was expecting to hear artificial intelligence Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Don't apologize. I think people are overusing artificial intelligence now these days, like as a key word. Like it is a matter of time before uh, toothpaste manufacturers say like developed with artificial intelligence. Ma'am, it's just toothpaste. (laughs) That's not artificial intelligence. But you said deep learning. Yeah. What is deep learning? So thinking us humans. We go through experiences. We, for example, uh, encounter a rock. We hit the rock and then we learn to avoid the rock. So we don't feel pain. We don't get injured, etc. So what the deep learning technique and machine learning technique is that you give it a bunch of data, a bunch of numbers. And it's trying to find relationships. In my case, the picture obtained with the hyperspectral camera and the quality attribute. So you're giving it some information. It's not just like discovering this out of thin air. No. You say like, okay, here's a hyperspectral image of a unripe avocado. Here's a hyperspectral image of a a kind of ripe one. And here's one that's too ripe. Mm -hmm. And you feed it to this. Yeah. It's like a black box. So they start by trial and mistake they figure out a relationship between them so for example if you say this picture can be correlated to this color so then you train the machine learning they learn through this iteration and then you can figure it out with the equation that describes that relationship you can predict what might happen okay so it this machine this black box if you will is going to make a whole bunch of mistakes. Yeah. Like so many mistakes. Yes. Yeah. Like a ridiculous amount. More than probably most humans would make. Yeah. But in just seconds. In seconds. Mm-mm. And then it eventually figures it out. Yeah. So there is a level of efficiency that they do this. There are attempts for these to find how efficient the equation that you develop hits the right answer. So we can say like we develop equations that predict in the 90% of the cases the true answer. We need to say that we know artificial intelligence is is in big boom right now and machine learning as well. We need to say that these models to be exported to the society needs to have a huge data set. You need to put a lot of data able to represent the variability that you encounter in nature. So our work was small, was only with around 
200 avocados. That still seems like a lot of avocados. A lot of work, yes. <laughs> but still, if you want to, for example, release it commercially, you will need to have a bunch more because you will need to address, for example, the differences in the location, the differences in the treatment of the farmers. Okay, so you didn't get that far. You weren't no. you weren't planning on getting that far, were you? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a researcher. She's trying her best, everyone. <laughs> Please lower your expectations. Yes. But you did come up with some sort of equation? Yeah. Okay, what is it? So the ones that we are really proud of is that we were able to, through this equation, uh, make the model estimate the day on which the avocado was within their shelf life. So, for example, day five, close to be rotten, close to unripe. That that's kind of fascinating, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, if you could, if you could uh, get one of these little cameras, like uh, potentially in the future, do you think this is something that might be in your phone camera? Yes. Okay. So what happened right now is that if we talk from the research point of, of view, hyperspectral camera, they give you a lot of information. They have like a wide range of evaluation. But this needs to be done to select the proper parameters to evaluate. And this can be reduced to just certain parameters that could reduce the price of the camera, the, I don't know, chips that needs to be developed, the memory needed, the data that you need to analyze. But as I say, it's not something that is going to happen so soon because it requires a lot of investment and also are willing to change. Do you think like, you know, the iPhone 30 would have the avocado camera? Maybe. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? Okay. So you came up with a fancy math equation. What mm -hmm. What is the exact equation? Do you know? Oh, no. No? Don't ask me that. Is it big? It's... How big is it? Medium size. Medium. <laughs> that doesn't give me any frame of reference. Yeah, it's don't, a medium don't sized ask me equation. That, please. It's like pizza math. Like, yeah, medium is bigger yeah, than a yeah, small. But it's, Nobody knows how much. Yeah, it's like you don't learn these kind of equations, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Because so what happened is that these kind of equations are developed from a data set. They don't have a real meaning. For example, if you go to f the physics field, there are certain models that which parameters with parts can be related to certain characteristic that is true. These models that are developed only with data through iterations, they are going to give you some numbers that explain the certain correlation between the output that in our case was the quality parameters with the input that is the, the information obtained from the camera. So this can change from set to set. It's not something that you can generalize. So what is containing that equation doesn't have a real meaning. It just sprays a level of relationship between two things. So you're just doing fake avocado math? It's not fake avocado. It's just like... No real meaning avocado mm -hmm. math? For example, you cannot say the density of the avocado is correlated to something. Okay. It's just like a weight of an iteration, of a step. Oh, okay. Plus another iteration, another step, and so on. So it's more of tracking things in a relative way. Like uh, the difference between a ripe and the difference between an unripe. Exactly. Okay. It's, for example, if you hit the rock, it's going through the rock, move some centimeters that can depend regarding the size of the rock. Okay. And if you don't move enough, 
Exactly. You're still going to hit the rock. Exactly. And this equation tells us. Yeah. Okay, now that makes a lot more sense. So I, I'm not allowed to call it fake avocado math, am I? <laughs> I don't know. No. Do you have a, a strong opinion with fake math versus real math? With machine learning and artificial intelligence. So <laughs> that's because I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> In general, what I grab from this, and you, do mm-hmm. you you just tell me where I'm wrong. Avocados, the most soap-like tasting fruit on the planet, <laughs> uh, has a short shelf life. Yeah. Um, and we want it to have a longer shelf life. We want to have a long shelf life. We want to know in what stage of their shelf life they are because we will be able to take decisions. Think only at your home. You have your avocados. You have ones that are already ripe. So you say, on that day, I'm going to do a guacamole. The others, I need to wait on the following days to eat them. Now think from the industrial point of view. If you know in which state of the shelf life they are, you could figure it out, for example, sending these avocados closer to you because they might get bad faster. And the ones that are that can last longer, they can be sent far away. Think no frills, for example. They could be able to decide what avocados to show so people can pick them and take them to their houses and which one to save. What happened with the exporting process, with the export process, is that for export the avocados are sent unripe and they and they are held unripe until they reach the point of selling. Okay, so it's more like a, at the selling stage. Exactly. Okay. Export process is just a different talk. Okay. I I I simulate. I try to r- mimic mm-hmm. these conditions. For example, in Colombia, most of our avocados are export to Europe. So it takes 20 days by boat, and they need to be held around 5 Celsius degrees so they don't ripe on the trip. Once they are in Europe, they just rise the temperature and they ripe. Oh, okay. Well, it sounds complicated. Yeah. Just sum it up. Oh, it's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah. Okay. So if, if I were to summarize, put this into my own words, a non-avocado expert over here, avocados, they don't you know, stay good forever. They get mushy and yucky, and we, we don't like that. But it's hard to determine that if we can't, you know, open the avocado up. So you went out of your way with a bunch of researchers, really super smart mathy people, to find a way to use this hyperspectral image to get a picture of your avocado and find that picture and link it with a math equation to tell you when your avocado is ripe or not ripe. Exactly. 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 I'm d- nothing left out. Like that was 100% on that? Yes, like besides of that we we correlate other quality parameters, but yes, okay. we we try to assess the quality, the internal quality of the avocado by only using an image. So this can be extrapolated for the future, for example, visual techniques, online testing. Okay, so do you think like eventually one day all of those, you know, sort of uh, camera-based vehicles that could tell if it's a person or a traffic cone, could you like show the car an avocado and it'll be like, ripe. Eat it. (laughs) Eat it. (laughs) Eat it. And that's how I pick my avocados. (laughs) I just show them to my car. Yes, why not? Okay, deal. It's official. Um, Nobody steal that idea. Trademark, patent, patent pending. (laughs) Um, we got it. We, we're going to make a lot of money off this one. 
Uh, any final words that you wanted to say before we go? Uh, I just want to thank the people that support this research. And as I say, Universidad del Tolima in Colombia, and also join with the University of Guelph, precisely Dr. Corradini and Dr. Lin. Okay. All right. A lot of people to thank. Yeah. Thank you. Um, can, world peace. Can you? <laughs> world peace. <laughs> You're just giving the princess wave and yeah, world yeah, peace. Exactly. And that sums it up. You know, there's no better way. We'll just end the episode because I got nothing better than that. Okay. Deal. Deal. After listening to that conversation, are you going to take a pencil and paper and try to calculate when your avocado is ready? Or are you going to become a bane of grocery store vendors all over the world and start just picking that little brown piece off the top? The weight of that moralistic decision is on your shoulders. However, on my shoulders is to perform a fact check. At end of every episode of We Know Some Stuff, we perform a fact check just to make sure that we said everything right. So Angie and I both listened to this episode a few times and we did not find anything incorrect that needed us to, well, correct it. However, that does not mean that everything we have done has been without flaw. If we do find that things change in the future, or that we did speak incorrectly, we will be the first ones to correct it. But until then, enjoy your guacamole, and thanks for listening to another episode of We Know Some Stuff.